This is the Thorn Podcast, the show that navigates the complex world of wellness and explores the latest science behind diet, supplements, and lifestyle approaches to good health. I'm Dr. Robert Roundtree, Chief Medical Advisor at Thorne and Functional Medicine Doctor. As a reminder, the recommendations made in this podcast are the recommendations of the individuals who express them and not the recommendations of Thorne. Statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Thorn Podcast. Joining me this week, we have a wonderful guest, Dr. Mark Holthouse. He's a physician who's certified in both functional medicine and family medicine. He specializes in men's health and also women's health, he tells me. So hormonal health in general, cardiometabolic disease prevention, which he's taught at Loma Linda University, cognitive illness, intestinal disorders, etc. He's been teaching for the Institute of Functional Medicine since 2014, and I've heard great feedback about his role as a presenter there. So I'm really excited that he's here to share some of his insights with us. How are things going for you, Mark? Can you tell us about your practice, uh, where you are, you've relocated? What's that like for you and, and how are you doing in general? Oh, it's a great honor to be here with you, Bob. I, you know, every time I see your your face, I think of NF Kappa B. I'm so sorry, but that's, <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a PTSD experience for those of us who have gone through the certification. But, um, you know, the, the dark sunglasses and the limousine analogy will be immortalized long after you are gone from this rock. We are coming to you live today from Boise. Idaho. I, I've been a transplant here after a native Californian. I've been here about 18 months and took a job opportunity where I moved from a concierge hybrid model of functional medicine in Cali, where I, I'd been for 32 years doing family medicine and the last 15 of that integrative functional. And we came out here really because of the amazing outdoor experience mm -hmm. that, that Idaho affords, but also the opportunity to be kind of back into an insurance model, however long this will last. We'll see. We've got just a tremendous demand. I've never seen anything like this, we can't hire physicians and clinicians fast enough to meet the need out here in the Treasure Valley. We have started with six people 18 months ago seeing clients and about 20 staff overall and two locations, Boise and Meridian, which is nearby. Uh, to eight, fast forward 18 months, we're now at 100 employees, over 20 practitioners and four locations in Idaho. Holy cow. <laughs> so the growth has been phenomenal. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me how, you know, you throw out the, we take your insurance tagline. And even though we all know we have high deductible plans and we're out of pocket the first part of the year, if not the whole year, it does seem to be a difference. I, you know, it was weighing heavy on my heart going to those Sunday afternoon Costco trips and be, being assaulted by former patients saying, oh, Dr. Holthouse, we miss you. We wish we could afford you. Concierge membership thing just got to be too much. Yep. And, and, you know, you're kind of looking at your shoelaces saying, well, okay. So anyway, this is kind of a consummation of trying on a different model. And wow, it's great. The people out here in South Central Idaho have really embraced root cause medicine. Oh, great. 
Right. Well, yeah, it sounds like things are really booming. They are. I mean, the growth pains have been at, I'm their med director. So I'm seeing patients two, three days a week and running around trying to act like I, I know what I'm doing the rest <laughs> of the week to get process and policy and uh, standards of care in place for this motley crew with uh, over 20 of practitioners, you can imagine. Most of them, four of us are MDs. Most of the rest are all advanced practitioners. So it's fun having a blast. I guess you have to fake it till you make it, right? Just yes. pretend like you know what you're doing. And yeah, I told the I told the owners that after I'd been here about 18 months, I said, you know, I tricked you guys in hiring me. I, I've had all this <laughs> 30 years of owner operator experience, but really being a medical director of three or four people owning a building is a lot different than what you guys are having mm -hmm. me do. But it's it's been a hoot. I'm I'm enjoying it. Now, what percentage of your practice on a day to day basis? would you say is just straight family medicine, you know, typical lumps and bumps, colds, flus, things like that. And what percentage is what we call functional medicine or systems biology medicine, where you really get into the root causes, as you mentioned earlier? That, that's a great question because, you know, one of the reasons they hired me was I have this hybrid pedigree, right? Similar to yourself, family practice with the other board, of integrative med and then certified and functional. And um, we have the offering of primary care medicine so as to avoid putting patients in that consummate tug of war between a Western primary care telling them what they should do for their hypertension and then coming here and us trying to unravel everything and re recommend another way. And so having all of that under one roof has been an incredible value add, I think, for patients. It's also an incredible drag on resources when you enter family practice when sitting on the phone for an hour and a half for prior auths and all that goes along mm, with offering God. those. Uh, <laughs> I know all about that. Preaching to the <laughs> choir, I'm sure. So we have, we've come up with an idea where we've got folks in pods, similar to what some of the other models I've seen have, Virginia Mason kind of a deal where we've got MAs, we've got schedulers and practitioners all in these groups. And some of the groups are, all of us are doing basic functional medicine. Some of the groups are doing primary care and healthcare maintenance. And other groups are doing full-on biotoxin illness. Other groups are really doing deep dives into mold and, and, and things like this and, and environmental issues. And then we've got dedicated practitioners that we simply hire to do nothing but physicals and acutes and walk-ins and keep the healthcare maintenance dashboard on the MDHQ or whatever we're using now, health, health record system, up to date. Now we advertise that we're going to do both. And a lot of the folks that gravitate towards functional medicine, they, they just as soon you know, jettison the mammogram and colonoscopy secretarial work in their rearview mirror. So we, we kind of give the practitioners the option of doing both, just being a consultant in functional realm or exclusive on the primary care and, and delegating it that way. So this is really true integrative medicine. It is. You know, which is the spec you practice. Uh, it sounds a little weird, but you practice on the spectrum. We, we do, we do, we have, you know, we have this filter with our new patient process that says, Hey guys, there's plenty of docs in the Valley that will just 
play whack-a-mole and name it, blame it, and tame it med, we are going to ask you to do some significant soul-searching, dietary manipulations, therapeutic lifestyle stuff. If you're willing, great. We're probably a good match. If not, thanks for playing, but um, there's plenty of other folks that, that uh, can do what you're looking for. Now, since you're the medical director, I guess you have the final say over whether a certain intervention, like a nutritional intervention, would be considered cool or not. So if somebody had hypertension and they didn't want to go straight to drugs and the doc wanted to put them on hibiscus tea, you're not going to say, oh, my God, what's he doing there? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're, we're kind of trying to model what Cleveland did. Cleveland Clinic with with their department and you know the biggest issue we have is long wait times which is what happened right away when they opened that clinic and um, so we we modeled kind of it they called it functioning for life I think where they had kind of a functional med light or foundational choice I think it was originally kind of a mandate whereas a, a 10 week 40 hour course they had to do that to get to the docs we tried that and it didn't get received real well. So now it's an option of waiting for three months to get in with your initial intake or getting on the ball with your, your lifestyle stuff with the coaches and talking about sleep hygiene and stress and nutrition before so that we can kind of hit the ground running once you're in with your primary, your uh, doc. Do you find that your average person off the street that comes into your practice is interested in alternatives, you know, in general. I mentioned hypertension as one example. I mean, do you have a lot of people that say, Doc, uh, I hear that I've got high blood pressure, just fix me? Or do you have people who are looking for different strategies that are, say, less toxic? Yes and yes. We have the group that says to our patient experience navigators, our PENs, we call them, uh, hey, I saw your name in the Blue Cross listing, and that's why I'm here. And, and we try to inform them right off the bat, hey, this is what we're all about. Is that still something you're interested in? And so we've got a filtering mechanism right up front so as not to make the job of the nutritionist more of a sales job and less about what they are trained to do. Uh, and so it's, it's actually a pretty rigorous screening test. We always say that by the time they fill out the online intake packet, it really is a measure of their commitment. That being said, we get people through that are in both camps. They're kind of here at the encouragement of their significant other, half their arm twisted. <laughs> My wife and made me come in. My wife <laughs> made me come in and, um, <laughs> they're all over the map, right? It's like you can sometimes win them over by logic and, and explaining the why doctors versus simply having the what. And some of these guys are, as in particular, they're also women as well, are very logical, very educated, intelligent people. It's, it's pretty easy to win them over. And then they're always looking at starting with lifestyle before they go right to the drugs. And then there's just the blatant ones. And I, I actually love them uh, for their honesty, who, you know, I'm just here for, for the free food. You know, it's <laughs> I'm I have no interest in what you just described, but I really like you, Dr. Holthouse. And I really liked your front receptionist. She was nice and she smiled to me. 
And I, and I appreciate that personalized touch, which I wasn't getting at the big corporate experience down the road. And some of those folks, we, we actually do win them over. And it's, it's all about rapport and their therapeutic readiness to change where they're at. Uh, at least pre, we get a lot of pre-contemplative folks. And that third category is the expert, right? The ones that come in that have had 11 functional practitioners before you and their life seems to be on the internet and in forums and doing summits. And, and frankly, they're really terrifying because they often know a lot more than I do. And, and they bring in 50 pages of labs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I'm just really open with them and say, hey, I'm a mere mortal. Uh, there's areas I know very little about. There's areas I know a little bit about. And um, if I can be of help to you, great. If I, if I can help point us in the right direction, to go get more learned on an area and, and make this happen together, I'm, I'm your man. So yeah, we get them all. So let's, let's segue from that into the main discussion this week is hormone health. Uh, and I'm, I would ask the same kind of questions. Do most people that are, say, in need of hormonal support or hormonal replacement, are they aware that they need hormonal replacement? Now, imagine it's going to be more true for women than men, you know, that women go through menopause, they have hot flashes, and they say, how about I get some of that estrogen, right? But yeah. I don't know if it's going to be as true for men that yeah. they it would immediately occur to them that I might need testosterone or DHEA or something like that. So, What's your experience around assessing people for hormonal health and resistance to it or eagerness to do something about it? You know, what, what's the general awareness in your population? Yeah, that's, that's my, my day-to-day task right there. It, and it's very different between the two genders. I mean, we've got uh, females that often come in with an agenda, either regarding their thyroid replacement uh, often because there's more commonality there with hypothyroidism uh, statistically. And they, they've read enough or talked to their neighbors or been somewhere, you know, where they've been told the TSH is, is not adequate to assess the function of another gland in and of itself. How do you guys look at the thyroid? It's almost like they're interviewing me. And they do the same thing with BHRT, with bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. There's kind of like this secret handshake that, that some of these folks come in with. But there is this expectation. They're going that for that look in your eyes. Exactly. And so there's a little bit of this cat and mouse when you're first doing the new intake, figuring out where are they coming from and what, what is their real agenda motivation. And I find a lot of times with the females that they have a preconceived agenda that from what they've heard, learned, read, uh, hey, I've got these symptoms, I must need X. And so it always leads to this discussion of adrenal and thyroid and sex steroids and the unfortunate overlap of symptoms that occurs with all three of these things, making it incredibly cloudy at times. And so with guys, yeah, sometimes at the behest of their, their significant others, they're here to find out if testosterone could be the root cause of their uh, being a, a grouchy, irritable curmudgeon or their lack of interest. I, 
but often they are being educated as to hormones being possibly the etiology more so I find than the gals. My biggest challenge with both groups is to kind of talk them off the ledge of I'm here for the trophy to leave with the prescription and kind of backpedal and say, well, okay, I get it. And that would be really easy for me to do. That's a great knee jerk thing to do with this list of symptoms. But I always tell folks, I see hormone imbalances as really the tail being wagged by the dog. It's downstream, uh, including adrenal. You know, we have these folks coming in with these other root cause issues. And I kind of try to get them to see it through my eyes as I could do that for you as you're asking. That would be really easy for me. Uh, let me see if there's something else I need to look at first that's driving your imbalance, such as inflammation, leaky gut, stress, sleep, all of those. And, and it's fun because you kind of see them, they, they realize you've just turned the tables on them, but they're like, I'm okay with it. Now more than ever, it's important to have an optimally functioning immune system. Be ready for whatever life throws your way with Thorne's suite of immune support products. From immune-supported vitamins to time-tested botanicals, Thorne has formulas that support immune function from every angle. Not sure what your body might be missing? Visit Thorne.com to take an immune quiz and receive a recommended immune solution that's right for you. Learn more at thorn.com. That's T-H-O-R-N-E.com. So, I mean, what you're really talking about is the difference between silo medicine, right? Which, you know, our people that come from farm country know what I'm talking about. Everything's Absolutely. in its own silo. And that's what the endocrinologists do or the gynecologist will do is say, well, hormones, you know, that, you know, you've got, you're going through menopause. It's all about estrogen and, you know, maybe progesterone and maybe testosterone. But you're saying, well, there's other glands involved. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's the whole endocrine system that's involved and that's yeah. that's really functional medicine is to go you know hey it's not just your ovaries yeah it's not just your testicles yeah right is you've got this whole other glandular system you've got your adrenals your pancreas your you know your parathyroids i mean who knows so that's thinking yeah. systemically and I, i'm wondering like to a functional medicine practitioner that's all right up front that's, that's how we're trained. That's how we think. Do you get pushback from your mainstream colleagues that go, what the heck are you talking about? How could adrenal function affect, you know, what's going on in the testicles? I mean, they're different parts of the body. All the time. <laughs> All the time. And, you know, my goal being new to Idaho is to make as many friends in my allopathic brothers and sisters here in specialty care especially the areas that I tend to 
read a lot on you know your urological stuff cardiovascular stuff so getting getting a good gastroenterologist kind of understanding that you're not completely out in left field so that I can start co-managing rheumatology uh, same thing as well as the cardiology guys and urologists endocrinology boy that's a tough crowd <laughs> I have yet to figure out a way to win the hearts of my traditionally trained endocrinologists for the most part. And so they get to see my type one diabetics and that's pretty much it. I mean, there, there's a side, you would think that, you know, if you really understand endocrinology, it's all about cell communication. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's about how does the whole body communicate with each other? So you would think of all the specialties, endocrinology would be one that appreciates systems biology more than any other specialty. And yet it's, in my experience, it's the opposite. If you've got Addison's disease, if you've got adrenal deficiency, then that's what you have. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's just funny. It's an interesting observation that when I've worked with rheumatologists, especially the ones that tend to be a little bit more younger in their, their experience, it's almost like you, when you co-manage a few patients, you kind of win them over. And, you know, the whole topic that you've given on citrullinated proteins and, and how the environment can alter self with exchanges of amino acids here and there and these sequences, they kind of realize, wow, this guy, this guy is not talking about voodoo medicine. He's actually is talking about biochemistry. And suddenly I'm feeling intimidated within my own sphere of expertise by a family practitioner. And, and so you're kind of giving them this a glimpse that you're you're serious and yet you're rolling over and showing your vulnerable family practice um, self so that they don't get pushed away and 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 it's just this dance that probably poor nurses in the hospitals and surgical nurses have had to play with these arrogant surgeons their whole careers and so i have a new appreciation for my nursing colleagues but it's fascinating I think, and it's an incredible opportunity to work with traditionally trained specialists. One of the things that I really pushed with the practitioners in the fellowship that we're doing here on training newly licensed practitioners in functional medicine is, hey guys, don't cut off your colleagues. Don't worry, you're not probably going to sell them. Every once in a while, you might have somebody come over. You are a parallel universe that is coming up alongside their expertise we need, we need each other. You want to always come at them promoting how awesome they are, which they do amazing things, but don't back down from a fight either. And, and don't get emotional. Use references, use data that's often published in their own peer-reviewed journals that they haven't had time to read. So let's get into maybe a specific, let's say a guy comes in thinking, well, he's in his 50s, and he said, I saw this ad for low T. And so maybe that's what I've got is a testosterone deficiency. And I was wondering if you could, you know, give me a shot or a cream. So what do you do with somebody like that? Do you do a workup and in general with men and women? Do you immediately start testing and determining what their hormone levels are? Or do you do more gentle kind of interventions? Great question. I mean, when it's premenopausal females, because assessing their hormones, which are usually all over the map, that's certainly not the first thing we're going to check. 
we will do specific dried urine testing and cycle mapping and things where we do multiple tests throughout the cycle on some of them if we really need information on ovulatory patterns outside of just these commercial kits you can get over the counter. Uh, but really with the premenopausal, perimenopausal females, we're starting with gut health. I mean, so much of this hormone stuff is based on uh, where things are with, with, the, with the gut. In particular, estrogen dominance, which is the majority of what I see in that age demographic, coming in with the painful, heavy periods, lots of clots, PMS, you know, a history of endometriosis, and maybe even some ovarian cysts and fibroids. And this is the group that you really try to focus on, not just promoting healthy estrogen metabolism and, and detox, but you really are trying, I find, to win them over to the points of leverage, I like to call it, that affect hormone imbalance, in particularly with estrogen dominance. The, the guys are great with their testosterone because they usually come in because of ED or I'm working out at the gym two hours a day and I look like a string bean still. What's wrong? And my neighbor who works out half as much is getting all these results. And so there's various reasons that drives the guys in, but it's always usually performance. Issues. Usually it's performance. So we're so performance driven. So we'll, we'll talk about the relationship of their uh, increasing girth uh, and central obesity and insulin resistance with, with hypogonadism. We talk about the lack of sleep, the stress, and, and all of these really um, kind of glaringly obvious things that they often come in with. The guys all usually check testosterone with their initial rainbow panel of, of initial labs as a routine especially if they're over 30, 40 years of age. They're doing a blood, quote, performance panel. They are. And that what's on the performance panel? Exactly. Testosterone. That's right. And, and it's, a, it's a great motivator when they see those numbers. The, on the postmenopausal side with women, we do the same. Often we'll get um, either a urine or a serum test to begin with, depending on what we need to see, if it's metabolites or just the actual hormone levels. And that's a great place as a starting point to see where they are. But so, so many of them don't really understand that if you're stressed and there's a saber-toothed cat chasing you across the, the savanna, uh, your body does one of two things. It's going into survival mode, making cortisol from all of that lovely pregnenolone and cholesterol, or it makes babies. The baby-making machinery or the testosterone-making machinery in men and women is turned off when you're stressed out. And that includes chronic pain and not sleeping well and eating inflammatory foods. And, and, and when they make these connections, it's, a, it's like the first time they've ever thought of that or heard of it. So that's the fun part. So your job really is to connect dots in people. It is. It's, it's, it's like they come in, they go, I'm really focused. I think I've got a hormone problem. And your job is to say, well, there's more to it Yes. Then you have a deficiency and and we need to correct the deficiency. Exactly. And there's a, there are those people who will come in and say, I'm willing to go this far with you on discovery, but I'm miserable. And you know what? As long as there's no contraindications, I'll often start them on something just to buy. And I always say it this way. I say, hey, we're going to do this Rx or we're going to do this direction to buy time so that you and I can actually 
keep you from needing this stuff the rest of your natural born life. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Dr. Mark Holthouse. To keep this episode from getting too long, we decided to split our discussion into two parts. Tune in next time when Mark and I will dive into some hormone-related questions from our listeners. Thanks for listening to the Thorn Podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. If you've got a health or wellness question you'd like answered, simply follow our Instagram and shoot a message to at thornhealth. You can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 daily blog. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to join us next time for another episode of the Thorn Podcast.